makes a mistake, I just correct him. <laughs> hey, what's going on out there, guys? This is DJ, your town treasurer. How are you today? Hey, good. This is Deb, Deb Mortweet, the deputy treasurer. And we got a little lesson on how to pronounce your name properly. It's yeah. Mortweet. Tweet. So just like the bird, like, like you said. Like this is a special episode of our podcast today. It's actually before the checks are signed, not after. We haven't done checks. It's Tuesday. We should be doing checks, but they didn't meet this week. So we're doing before the checks are signed, and we have Ashley Sari here from the Monadnock Ledger Transcript. How are you? Hi, I'm doing okay. How's everybody out there? Doing good, I hope. I'm glad that you could be here, Ashley. You know, the first time we talked about doing this episode was on March 12th during our town meeting. Um, Ashley, of course, was there because she she reports on all things Wilton, and, and we'll talk more about that, what else she reports on. But on March 12th, which was 28 weeks and some days ago, um, that she came up to us and asked if she could do some, something to report on our podcast. And, and we're like, yeah, if we can, if we can have we're you. We're celebrities, <laughs> kind of, in Wilton. So it's been a long time. It's yeah. been a long time. And um, at that same time, uh, Deb had asked if I'd be willing to come on. And I said, yeah, I'm totally up for that. And uh, now here we are several months yeah. later. But yeah. it, that's just how it goes. And we're at Deb's right house again. This has been the, the spot for the podcast to happen. So thanks again for hosting and inviting Ashley in. Yep. She, Deb actually coordinated the whole thing. So um, I just got brought into the loop. And then when you and I talked to each other a couple of weeks mm. ago, Ashley, um, I had mentioned, hey, we really got to get you on the podcast. And yep. you were like, yes. And then here we are. It was just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So um, before the checks are signed, the format's pretty informal, like we were explaining before we started recording. Uh, basically, we're just going to ask you some questions. This is your opportunity to get the word out to our listeners, which are your readers, mm-hmm. um, what you do, why you do it, uh, what you're about, because people really just see your words, but don't really get a chance to hear you and kind of understand your personality. So I guess to start, is there anything that you would want us to know, your readers, about you? About me? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's not a ton to know. I'm a pretty introverted person, although that seems like not a great fit for a reporter because pretty much all I do is talk to strangers all day. But uh, for the most part, you know, I grew up in New Ipswich. I'm a local girl. I went to Messina and graduated from there. Um, I'm one of five kids in my family, so I grew up with a big family on a big farm just running around um, with not a ton of supervision <laughs> with a lot of kids in the neighborhood, uh, most of whom were my cousins, so that was great. It's like an it, operating yeah. farm, though, like well, yeah, animals, well, cows. We had cows when I was very young, and uh, by the time I was five, most of those were gone, but we had chickens. Um, we had horses my whole life. My That was my sister's thing. She was very into horses and still is to this day. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, rabbits, uh, chickens, cats, dogs. It wasn't a super working farm by the time I was living there. It had been in the past. My It was my father's house when he was growing up. His It was my grandparents' farm. And it was a working farm then. They had hmm. chickens and a sawmill. Um, and... Hmm. That was their main business. So it, it had mostly gone by the wayside. My dad had started his own construction um, excavation business, and he was the road agent for New Ipswich, so that was what he was doing. And my mom ran a daycare out of our house. So there was always a million kids around, and it sure. was a great way to grow up because, um, because it was the old family farm. It had been sort of sectioned off, and uh, a lot of my aunts and uncles 
lived in houses in the neighborhood that used to belong to the farm. So basically the whole neighborhood was our yard and no one cared if you went pretty much anywhere in that whole area because hmm. there was always an adult to look after you. So the way things used to be, yeah. you know, it seems to be something that Deb and I talk about a lot yeah. during our podcast is the way things could could be or used to be, yeah. wish they were. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like that's what your childhood was like. Yeah. And I live in Ringe now um, and uh, that family farm is still there. It's still in the family. My aunt and uncle currently live there and a lot of my cousins um, have built there. So it's still very much a family mm-hmm neighborhood and a lot of my nieces and nephews and second cousins are now growing up the same way I grew up so it still exists awesome so did you go to college I did somewhere were you Uh, on your high school newspaper we did well yes but uh, we didn't have like a separate club for our high school newspaper and this is actually how I got into journalism was um, my senior year I knew that I wanted to go to college and I figured I was probably going to be majoring in English because that was my strongest subject by far. And English and writing, anything to do with that was just in my wheelhouse. Uh, So as a senior, I basically took every English course I could find, anything that even remotely was humanities. And uh, one course was a journalism course, just like introduction to journalism or something similar. It was taught by Mrs. Charleston, who I credit for me being here Mm -hmm. today because she was a former journalist and she was an English teacher and this was an elective she taught. But she uh, had us put together our school newspaper, I believe it was twice a month, and uh, ran it pretty much like a newspaper because that was her experience. So we would have you know, staff meetings where we would pitch ideas, stories would get assigned. You had to get your own photographs. You had to do your own stories. We would do all the layout. Basically, it was a really good introduction mm-hmm. to the, the process. And by the time I went to college and I went to Franklin Pierce University, um, stayed local. Which no longer college. exists, right? Yeah. Well, it was Franklin Pierce College when I started. Oh, it was okay. Franklin U- Pierce University by the time I graduated. But now it's closed, right? Is that true? No, it's open. Oh, okay. I thought that was one of the... Anyways, continue. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go. Um, no, they're still going. Um, we, just, we just correct him right in the middle of yeah. it, Ashley. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. um, by the time I, I got there, uh, I did initially start my English major, but they allowed you to take journalism courses to count for your English major as electives. There is a separate mass communication major you can get, but you can take a journalism course and have it count for your English major as well. So I had had an interest because of that course I took senior year in high school. So I decided to take a couple of journalism courses. And uh, by the end of freshman year, I was a double major in English and mass communication. Hmm. So that's, that's how I got here today was, you know, just looking for English courses as yeah. a senior in high yeah. school. Yeah. And I was introduced to something that um, really became a, a love for me. Awesome. And so that was local. It was Franklin Pierce is in Nashua. Is that right? Uh, it's in the campuses in Ringe, although they in have Ringe. some satellite campuses. Okay. So then it, it's Daniel Webster College is the one that closed. Oh. That one's in Nashua. So now that's why I'm confused. But you couldn't correct me because I've corrected myself too there quickly. There you go. All right. Uh, so you were <laughs> local in Ringe there. And then yeah. so you probably lived at home and commuted. I and, did. Yep. Um, we had moved to Ringe um, when I was just after i finished high school like my graduation party was at our new house 
uh, like our new house had been finished and uh, my parents waited to move until I graduated. <laughs> so, uh, so I was living in Ringe while I was uh, commuting to college. Um, and that was pretty much the reason I chose Franklin Pierce was because I could commute and yeah. save on the, the cost there. And I got a uh, pretty good scholarship from Scenic awesome. to go to Franklin Pierce. So. Well, that's great. Well, I'm personally glad that you're in the area because, yeah. you know, I, I see your name all the time on articles from the ledger. Um, I will mention, though, and you can pass this up the chain, that I have gotten a lot of feedback that people have to register and log in in order to read that stuff. Yeah. So just pass that along that maybe they could adjust that somehow. Yeah, we, it is a, a thing that we've been talking about. And um, we do get a lot of people that say, you know, why do you have to do that at all? Like if it's online, it should be free. Yeah. Um, and I can see that uh, you do get a certain amount of free articles on our website before you hit a paywall. But there is also the uh, case to be made that, you know, even though it's local journalism, that we still need to get paid and uh our small town local Mm -hmm. papers are as is every other paper in the country pretty much right now um are struggling and right now with COVID 19 our paper in particular um you know uh, a lot of papers rely a lot on their subscriber base uh for whatever reason our paper um it's about half and half in terms of whether whoever is reading it has a subscription or picked it up at the local store. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, people were not going to the store mm-hmm. multiple times a week. Um, well, so and they what, weren't picking up the paper. What yeah. is a subscription and, and e-subscription to it? Um, I don't know the price off the top of my head, uh, although I can get that to you if you're interested. Um, but uh, you can get a subscription to the paper, and that includes... Mm-hmm. You're online, so uh, you would get the physical paper in the mail, and you would also be able to log in, as DJ said, to receive all of pretty much all of our articles online mm-hmm. um, and the e-edition, which the e-edition, you can just get a subscription for the e-edition if you don't want the physical paper, and the e-edition looks exactly like the physical paper. It has um, the same layout. You can see the ads. You can see um, the as if it were a page um, on your table, yeah. except that it's all in color. That's the only difference. Well, hopefully your uh, editors and managers listen to this because not only do you do journalism, but you do sales. Yeah. <laughs> so give her a raise or a commission. Yeah. Um, but if you want to support us, the best way to do that yeah. is to sign up for a subscription, whether it's an e-subscription or um, a, a physical subscription. Right. Um, and now is a, to- a good time to do it if you uh, want to support local journalism. And I really appreciate you say, saying that because I'm sensitive to it, too, because my mind is just engulfed in business. And so to, right away when I said, why do you have to charge? When I saw you're, you're about to answer, I was like, I think I know the answer is because it's a small paper and everybody has to make money. So, yeah. um, you know, it, anybody who's listening, definitely go and support yeah. the local paper because we need um journalists like Ashley out there showing up to our town meetings. This is how we met writing and, and supporting our businesses. You know, I mean, you've spoken to three of the new businesses that are in Wilton um, yeah, and, and written, right. And written articles about them. And you know, you're, you're tapped, you're tapped into what we have going on. So she, I appreciate that. She has been at our Wilton cares. And when, yep. when, when the fire department um, took Santa up there, so she did, she covered that she covered coming down to Wilton cares. So I have both DJ and I at the meetings, a lot of the meetings we go to when I was going to school board meetings, Ashley would be there, you know, especially 
we've had a lot of controversial things mm -hmm. and in the almost five years that I've been here and I I appreciate that that there's the press there I'm I remember one time I leaned over to someone because I saw someone in the in the room that I didn't know it's like who who is that it's like it's it's Ashley from the newspaper it's like oh okay <laughs> and so then I so then I would keep so then I would keep seeing her and then I would look for that because I actually have an e-subscription I can't I asked that question because I don't know how much it was. And I'm thinking it was <laughs> worth somewhere it. between it was worth it. 12 or $20, which is worth it for me not to have that yeah. newspaper sitting around. Mm -hmm. So so you, you had mentioned before we started recording that you uh, cover this area. You're a local journalist, and there's a big distinction between local and um, what would be another class of journalist. So there are various levels of where your focus is in journalism. There's national level, there's state level, and there's local level. Um, and we're a local paper and we're local journalists that work there. Um, so while we may cover state issues, we try to bring it as local as possible. So whatever's happening in Concord, we may report on it, but it's about how it's going to affect our towns and the people in our towns. Mm. So we try to talk to our local representatives. We try to talk to people that are affected by that issue. If it's a new business tax, then we talk to business people who are from Wilton or wherever it is. Um, our paper, the Ledger Transcript, covers the Monadnock region. It's uh, 16 towns specifically. So we try to cover the people, businesses, crime, um, in in town politics that are in those 16 towns and pretty much uh like you wouldn't see us reporting necessarily on a national event where the new york times or the boston globe or any of those papers like that's what they're covering they're basically covering the entire country sometimes even international news um and we would only cover that if we either had a local connection or if we can make it local in some way, like if there is a mass shooting for like the Pulse nightclub shooting, there were local memorials mm -hmm. and local vigils that were happening. We covered those and that's how we cover that story. But if those aren't happening in our area, then then it, it's, it's really just that we're covering what's happening in our towns and talking to the people in our towns. Yeah. And... A lot of it is, um, you know, you hear a lot of uh, professions described as hurry up and wait, uh, where when it's boring, it's really boring. Mm -hmm. And when it's exciting, mm -hmm. it's really exciting. Mm -hmm. I feel like journalism fits in that uh, niche uh, because you are attending a lot of meetings mm -hmm. uh, and it's important <laughs> to attend those uh, for several reasons. Some being not a lot of people do attend them. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have anyone's eyes on it, mm -hmm. stuff can happen that people get very upset about after the fact. Well, mm -hmm. and now and now we're we're live streamed. Yeah. So in Wilton, which I don't know how many of your other towns are, there are a few. You 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 can people can go and look at it. Yeah. You know, but we weren't for a while, and yeah. it was important for it to be communicated what was happening. Yeah. And a lot of it is very boring, you know, like, yeah. like sometimes like w the Wilton select board meetings have been known to go on for four hours. And, yeah. um, sometimes 
I'll be watching those or even attending those. I can't stay for four hours for a meeting that may only result in one or maybe two stories that are each 400 words. It's just not a good use of time. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to be very aware. You have to look at the agendas. You have to, um, you know, show up when you think the thing that is important is going to be talked about. You have to follow up. You have Mm -hmm. to make a lot of phone calls. Um, and that involves building relationships. So you have to know who who uh, in town knows everything. You have to build relationships with your town officials. Um, that takes a lot of time, a lot of just making those calls often. Well, you have a relationship with this yeah, town official. Exactly. <laughs> so, 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 so you cover Wilton, yep. but also to say what other towns you cover. So I cover seven towns and their school districts. Uh, I cover Wilton and Lineborough, New Ipswich, Mason, Greenville, Jaffrey, and Ringe. Um, and that includes the Jaffrey Ringe Cooperative School District, the Mason School District, Wilton Lineborough Cooperative, um, and Messenic School District. Uh, and the way that we break it up at our paper is by town, basically. So you have a, an area that is your beat. And everything that happens in those towns is your purview. So whether it's crime, whether it's school board meetings, select board meetings, whether it's an artist that's doing something interesting or a new business opening up, that's all your territory, which means you get to write a lot of different stuff, which is sort of the exciting part is, mm. is that you get to meet a lot of new people, get to talk to a lot of people about what they're passionate about, which is always a fun conversation. Um, and uh, that's what I really love about this job is is having those conversations, which maybe having said I'm an introvert yeah. <laughs> is like a, a, an interesting contradiction. But um, often it, it does feel like you're just having a conversation with somebody yeah. about something they love. And, and that is not a hardship, even, even for me, who is a fairly reserved person. So, and I mean, so for me, my question would be is that, you know, based on your experience with these seven other towns, is there a particular town that you've had a better experience in or um, better received articles or um, contributions from or to that town by the ledger, by yourself, and some of the things you've written that have kind of advanced you further as far as um, being a known journalist in the area or, you know, certain, I guess, you know, like pro- high-profile stories or cases or things that have happened in particular towns? Yeah. I wouldn't say that there's that that is necessarily true i think there are it's a lot to do with how big the town is and how active people are in town so obviously new Ipswich, ringe uh jaffrey and wilton are my largest towns both sort of geographically and population wise and those are the towns that i have um the most contacts in that it's easiest to sort of get stories from because there's more happening in those towns they have more committees they have more employees they have um more stuff going on uh so they're you know the little towns that um you know there's just not a lot of news coming out of of greenville or mason Mm -hmm. but um there are big events that occasionally occur in those towns and i will say that probably the biggest story i've ever covered in you know 10 years almost at the the ledger transcript now um was the kinder morgan pipeline that they were proposing to put through um 
Greenville, Mason, New Ipswich, and, and Wilton was concerned about this because it was very close to their border, but it affected a lot of towns in our region, and a lot of people were, were very upset and very and became very active in protesting it. It was a long, drawn-out process. Eventually, the, the pipeline sort of decided not to build here uh, for uh, financial reason, reasons, I believe. Um, but it was over a year and a half of covering that story. And a lot of people who were not active in political things before became active. And I got to know pretty much everybody <laughs> that hmm. was involved with that Did story. Did you like that process? Yeah, it was very interesting because, like I said, it covered a lot of towns. It was basically going through the entire southern half of the state. Your whole beat, almost. Yeah, so like the entire southern half of the the coverage area was impacted. And even people that were sort of on border towns, Temple and Wilton, were very concerned about it because... They wanted to put a compressor station in New Ipswich, and it was very near the Temple Elementary School. And so Temple was very concerned about this. Mm. You know, uh, farmers in New Ipswich are very concerned about the emissions impact on their livestock. Uh, you know, there were environmental concerns. There were business concerns. There were noise concerns. There were, I just got to talk to a lot of different people, and most of them were concerned about their way of life. So near that compressor station, there was a man that was um, raising beef cattle and he raised his own hay and he was very concerned about the effect of possible emissions on his cows and on their fertility rates. That's completely different from the another story I did where I spoke to a religious retreat that was very near that compressor station. It was um, for Catholic nuns and the whole reason they built there was because it's in the middle of nowhere it's very quiet and uh their whole um you know process was that this was a place that people could come for quiet for meditation mm. for a retreat and those were two completely different stories that came from the same issue mm. you know and they were both fascinating to talk to but very different perspectives on the same thing you know uh, so that was what i think was was the most interesting um but you know there's there's also like one-off stories that stick in my mind forever <laughs> you know i did a story once where there was a in lineborough um a alpaca farm and they got word of a, it wasn't a alpaca, but a relative of alpacas called a vicuña that had been abandoned on a farm. And uh, most of the herd had been rounded up, but this one animal had, had not been able to be captured and had been on this land for weeks. And this Lineboro farm decided to go up there and rescue it. And they invited me along. And it was like 20 people trying to chase down this <laughs> vicuña. It looks fairly similar to an alpaca, if you want to imagine it. And it was hard to catch because it was in these big fields that it had a, a fence between, but the fence was broken in multiple places. So every time they would like surround this thing and try to tackle it. And um, the only reason they caught it was because it tried to go over a fence and get caught in some brambles. Um, Did you guys give it a name? 
uh, cornflake. Cornflake was the name of it because <laughs> there was a neighbor that was feeding it um, cornflakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but it it was just this um, very funny but also emotional because yeah, this sure. animal was suffering and you know was able to be brought into the fold. And like I think about that story at least once a week. You never I wrote know. It, I wrote it you never years know ago. When the cornflake is gonna. Yeah, yeah, I wrote it years ago, but it still makes me laugh when I think of like it took hours and I was there the entire time. And you know how I said like you can't spend four hours at a select board meeting yeah. for one story, maybe? I spent probably oh. four hours on that story because it was yeah. chasing cornflakes. Yeah, it was it was just it was a great story. Um, and, and that is not an experience I ever would have had if I wasn't a journalist. Excellent. Yeah. I, I, I have a question. I, I know that just even with our setting up this meeting, you said, I'll be there unless there's something I need to cover, you know, yeah. and, and like, seriously bringing that down, there's the cornflake stories and then there's the serious stories where like, like even last week we had a major accident yeah. and, and so and and that was last Monday, I believe, and or no, maybe that was Tuesday. It was last Tuesday because I was at a heritage meeting. And so so bringing that back seriously, you get called out to those kinds of things. And you said one of the one of the hardest things isn't sitting at select board meetings for four hours to get you know maybe five words on someone's response to something. But having to go to those ask accidents or maybe the next day and, and asking somebody about someone that they had lost. Yeah, um, that definitely is the hardest part of the job, I would say, because um, I, and I was talking about um, this with somebody recently in terms of like covering crime and accidents. And a lot of those stories are quite formulaic. Um, so that helps a little bit to distance yourself from writing about um, certain crime stories and certain accident stories is that it often is the same, you know, five questions you're asking police mm-hmm. about a crash or something like that. But when you go to a crash to cover it and it turns out to be a fatal crash, um, that is very hard and especially um because often if they're from this area or if they have local connections, the next step in that process is to write a memorial piece about that person. Mm-hmm. And that often means reaching out to either through, you know, Facebook or calling them, um, reaching out to their friends and family and, and saying, would you like to talk about your loved one that just abruptly passed? Um, and sometimes you get people that, you know, very definitely don't. Mm-hmm. I found more often people do. Yeah. But um, but it is nerve wracking to make that call or reach out to to they don't know who you are, you know you're disturbing them in your grief. That is an uncomfortable place to to be reaching out from, and you try to be respectful. Uh, you try to like, you know, if they've asked for privacy, you give them their privacy. If they say they don't want to talk, you don't push them on that. Usually you can find someone who is willing to talk. Um, But, you know, you're talking to them about someone that you don't know anything about and is there, could have been their whole world. Mm -hmm. Uh, They often get very emotional. 
Um, and then they often apologize for being emotional and, and, you know, I'm sitting there going, like, no, no, yeah. it, you know, I understand. Um, it's, it's a hard thing to talk about, especially if it was unexpected. Yeah. Um, and those, they're often very beautiful stories. I've, you know, I talk to people sometimes that, that just want to let you know who that person was. And often, you know, most people are good people. You know, like even if they they weren't super well known in town, like everyone has those qualities that made them special yeah. to their family and friends. Mm -hmm. So it's they're not hard to write in that sense. Mm -hmm. The interviews are often very hard because, like I said, it's it's a very hard subject for people to talk about. Mm -hmm. Maybe twenty four or forty eight hours after they've lost their mm -hmm. loved one, mm -hmm. um, and and I've had people get angry at me for calling them mm -hmm. and it's it's understandable mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and all i can say is you know i'm sorry i bothered you <clears throat> i just wanted to ask the question mm -hmm. and if you're not fine with talking to me that's fine mm -hmm. you yeah. know but like i said i think most people if if they're not in like the midst of something very raw mm -hmm. um would like to tell you want another chance to say one thing yeah yeah and I mean, for me, I just want to reiterate what you said, which is that, you know, everybody generally is a good person yeah. and that people have great qualities and you just have to find out what they are. Don't ever judge a book by the cover. Mm -hmm. Always dig a little deeper and get at least to the second chapter. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think we should just shift gears and go two more quick questions because okay. uh, I know she has a fun one planned up. I and I told her that I would I would come up with one as we talk is like I explained to you, Ashley, that 85 percent of this is kind of freestyle and just based on the where conversation goes. So my number one question for you is what do you think? the town of Wilton needs in order to continue to grow into the future? Ugh. <laughs> Not a softball, huh? No. no. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I cover a lot of towns and I see a lot of towns take different approaches to growth. Um, and this is probably not going to be a popular thing that I'm about to say, but, uh, the, the conversations that I have with people over and over and over again are about, um, whether it's from the business perspective or from a residential perspective, is that people need places to live and affordable places to live. Um, I see it all the time in Jaffrey. I hear it in Peterborough that people are looking for rentals and can't find them or can't find affordable ones. They might want to move into this area, but they can't afford it. Um, and I've talked to businesses over and over again, large employers, not so much the small ones, but if you have, you know, Jaffrey's Millipore that has a thousand employees and is looking to add another 500, um, they are having to reach further and further out to supply that. And, uh, they're fairly good jobs there. You know, you can start at a, a salary that could support you most places. But in Jaffrey, the biggest problem they have is they don't have any place for those employees to live. So yeah. they have to keep going out another hour. You know, mm. like people are only willing to commute so far yeah. for a job that, you know, even if it pays well, mm -hmm. uh, they can usually find something closer mm -hmm. that pays similar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There is a big um, 
trend right now where New Hampshire is aging. People are moving out of the area after they graduate college and they're looking for jobs Mm -hmm. um, and they're looking for places to live. So I think there is a happy medium because I've been to a lot of meetings where people are not thrilled with the concept of of fast growth in in housing developments in their town. Um, So there has to be a way to balance those concerns while still allowing for developers to build places for young people, young families, young singles to live. Um, I don't know what that solution is, but I've talked to developers who say they, they can't build what's considered affordable in today's market unless it is part of a larger development or unless they get some subsidies from federal, um, which comes with, you know, uh, stipulations such as workforce housing. Um, it's a conversation that we all need to have. Uh, and I think the sooner we have those conversations, the sooner we can arrive at potential solutions. I think every town needs to be talking about this. What a great answer. Thank you so much. Because I literally just had that conversation. And one of the handcuffs that Wilton has is we don't have um, water and sewer infrastructure. Mm. So to support, you know, affordable studio and one and two bedroom apartments, there's nowhere that can be done because it all has to run on septic. And then those are limited by, you know, size and capacity. And so that's a great answer. And I think it might start with water and sewer infrastructure, honestly. So Deb, it's your turn. Okay. This, this, I I know that this is, uh, this might kind of rock your world, this question, (laughs) but you're a journalist, Yep. you know, you've been on a computer most of your life, but what's your favorite pen? We have ours. My favorite pen. Um, I don't have a specific and and if it's not pen. a if it's not a Pentel Microgel, then well, that's, we might that's have to accidentally of, delete that's this. That's sort of my answer is that I don't have a specific type of pen, but I oh. only buy pens with uh, a roller gel tip. <gasps> I just happen we to have, have one a gift. that I can give to you today, <laughs> Ashley. Yes. Those are the best Very pens good. anywhere. It's a, in case you, I know you, none of you can see, but it's an Energel, Pentel Energel. And this pen right here, just so you can see it, Ashley. Yeah. Every check that has been signed for the town of Wilton in the last two and a half years has been with this pen right yeah. here. So that guy has got some power to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, although it's, <laughs> I always, I always use um, the roller gel, although, um, I have found that I have to keep a pencil backup. Yes. Because sometimes I'm reporting outside in the winter, and no matter how good the pen is, mm. it still freezes. <laughs> so yeah. And how would any of us know? A good old <laughs> pencil yeah. is always my backup. How would any of us have known that yeah. without that? Thank you for yeah. sharing that. What great nuggets of information. <laughs> uh, so that really is the format for today. Uh, I want to thank you very much, Ashley, sorry, from the Monadnock Ledger transcript for coming today and being our second ever before the checks are signed guest. Um, Thank you for the work that you do in our area, in Wilton specifically. I know you and I have talked and you've done a lot for the businesses that are coming into town. I am really focused and trying hard to boost up Wilton a little bit and have 
all the things that we talked about today happen more here instead of outside of town, like the Dollar General that went right on the line that people say is Wilton, but it's actually Milford because Wilton wouldn't allow it um, or whatever the case may be. I might be out of turn saying that. But um, with that being said, thank you for what you do and thank you very much for coming here today. Thank you, Deb, for hosting us. Oh, my pleasure. And for the cookies. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for those. <laughs> Ashley and I are going to eat a few more of those before she goes. Uh, thanks for listening so much, guys. Any last words, Ashley, before we head out? Uh, just to support your local paper because guess what, guys? We're the only game in town if you want to know what's happening in, in Wilton. You guys have the cabinet, but that's not the case for a lot of other towns we cover. If you want to keep getting news from your town hall, from your local businesses, from the local artists and the local people in your town, we're the only way you're going to get that. So, you know, if if you have it in you to subscribe or pick up the paper at the local market, um, keep us going. Yes, I'm going to go subscribe right now. Okay. You guys have a great day. We'll see you on After the Checks Are Signed next week. Next All right. Week. Bye-bye. Bye. And guess what? That's episode 10. Woo! Bye.